Here come the ducks, hit the high baller. Shut up the dogs, stare at the water. I'll say when, hold on, y'all wait. Get them boys, boom, 12 gauge. Welcome to Fair Foul, motherfucker. Hey everybody, welcome to our first episode of our hunting podcast, Fair or Foul. I'm Steven Pintar. And I'm Kyle Brazil. And uh, yeah, so this podcast is going to be an all-hunting podcast. We'll talk about random things, hunting, anything you want to hear, anything going on in the western states, at least hunting-wise. Uh, so I'm Steve Pintar. I've been hunting all my life, 20 years old now. Uh, mainly big game hunter, but past couple years especially, I've been getting into bird hunting a lot. I'm Kyle Brazil. Uh, last last season was my first season hunting ducks. Uh, besides that, I hadn't hunted before in my life. Besides killing the occasional squirrel and blue jay off my deck, but uh, this is my second duck season, and hoping to just get a lot more birds this year. So yeah, we'll be we can talk about everything for intermediate hunters to experienced hunters to and beginner hunters. Yeah, beginner hunters, everything. So on this episode, we'll have an interview with Chris Healy, who works at the Department of Wildlife. Uh, we'll get into the drought and how it's affecting the western states. I know Nevada and California have been hit hard, and that's where we're from. So we'll talk about that a lot. Uh, we'll talk about maybe some stories that have happened to us, any hunting stories we have, anything yeah. stupid, anything fun, anything exciting. So yeah, that's what this episode will be. So let's get into it. So I'm from California, and that's where... That's where I get my duck season or my duck pass every year. Um, and so I have a buddy who has a pond up just south of Chico, right next to the California Sacramento uh, Wildlife Refuge. It's right on the right on the outskirts of it. And it's all old rice fields. And so the way the water works is everybody that has a pond out there, uh, they all pay for water per year. And each year the water price has just been going up and up and up. And... Uh, it's the season starts out good. Um, everything's full. All the weeds and everything are out of the water. Um, <laughs> it's a good condition for hunting and fishing. <laughs> yeah, really good condition. But I noticed that last year, at least, as the season uh, progressed, the pond just started getting shallower and shallower and shallower. And like that had a huge result on the amount of ducks that were like wanting to come in and land. No matter how many uh, decoys we threw out, how many like little jerk strings we had, nothing really kind of could compare to the beginning of the season. So with another year of drought after that, it's just it makes me wonder. I'm sure everybody else that hunts the same region is wondering how it's going to affect the amount of birds coming in that would rather go there versus another area in the valley that could potentially have more water. Um, and I'm sure that also has... Uh, great effect on the California California Department of Wildlife's uh, issuing of um, tags or permits for just regular hunters to be able to go into their wildlife refuges to uh, just go hunt for the day. So I'm not sure how much uh, they're going to be selling those compared to previous seasons, but it should be interesting to find out for California's standpoint at least. Yeah, because I mean... I know California has a major flyaway from the ducks coming down from Canada going south. So, I mean, <laughs> we'll see how that water is. We'll see how much water they have to land in over there. Because, I mean, I know in Nevada we don't have a lot, and we're not. We don't even have a major flyaway going over us. So, yeah. Hopefully, you guys get a little 
a little more than us. You guys get more geese here? Um, I don't know how the geese are here compared to California, but I know this year there are a ton of geese in northern Nevada. I, I live out uh, where there's a bunch of ranches and farms, and there's geese all over the fields right now. And so that gets me excited, but yeah. it's a lot easier seeing geese offside the road in a field than it is going out into a pond or water, wherever there's water, and having geese come in. Yeah, definitely. But... Yeah, so, uh, yeah, here in Nevada, you know, we're in the Reno area right now, and this is where I hunt the most. And uh, Greenhead Duck Club, which is in Fallon, Nevada, right outside Fallon, Nevada, um, it's a major area for hunters to go hunt ducks because it is a duck hunting club, big water everywhere. Uh, This year, actually, because there's no water, just found out, uh, according to their website, that they are closed down for the season, which is tough because... There's always places around here to go duck uh, hunting, to go jump shooting, especially along the Truckee River, stuff like that. And people know about little ponds, but for the most part, that's the closest spot to go and hunt ducks, a large amount of ducks with decoy hunting. And so having that closed down, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to have a huge effect on the duck hunting this year because there's no water out there and there's not a lot of other close places to go to hunt. So it's, this, this year's going to be tough. I mean, we're in the, fourth or fifth year of the drought now and fifth. yeah fifth year and it's 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 bad there's no water i mean talking about the Truckee river just going jump shooting there i mean that it's it's pretty it's pretty dry out there too there's not a lot of water left Truckee trickle for sure yeah there's there's a lot of rock there's more rocks and water i think now in the river yeah. sticking up so i mean it's it'll be a tough year we'll see how how the hunting goes last year was tough and this year's just gonna be even worse so i mean yeah it's not gonna be fun so now we'll get into our interview with Chris Healy. Uh, he'll talk about how the drought is affecting wildlife in general in the northern Nevada area. So here we go into that. So uh, basically with the drought, do you guys expect the amount of duck hunters to go down or bird hunters this year to go down? Well, uh, if there's ever a, th- a place where you need water to make sure <laughs> something happens, it has to be waterfowl hunting because they call them waterfowl for a reason. Uh, so, yes, the number of places to hunt, the number of people hunting will certainly go down. Uh, it just has to because there's just not that much water in Nevada. Uh, and I guess it's just a case of, I, I guess the irony is, is that Everywhere in North America, we have more ducks than we've ever counted before since the surveys began right after World War II. But because we don't have water in Nevada, we're not going to be able to enjoy that. So bottom line is, there's a good news, bad news situation. Good news, more ducks than ever before. Bad news, Nevadans aren't going to enjoy it because there just aren't that many uh, places for them to land. They're not going to be here, yeah. Yeah, and if they do land, they're going to figure out very quickly that it's time to fly over the hill to California, which doesn't have that much water either. But compared to us, they have a lot of water. So if the drought continues, is there a plan set in place, or is it just, I mean, the ducks aren't going to come here, and eventually the water will come back? Well, I mean, don't forget, wetlands are expected to go dry. And once the water comes back, uh, you'll probably see the wetlands really boom with the amount of food available to ducks. So every dry spell... That when it ends, it usually ends up well for duck hunting in the long run. So, you know, if you had water in wetlands all the time, uh, you wouldn't have a true wetlands. So yeah. even when we manage a wetlands at a wildlife management area, you always have certain sections that you, by design, even in a high water year, may not let water into that unit be on a rotational mm-hmm. basis. So it's not, it's, uh, obviously it's bad news in the short term to have a drought like this. 
but there's uh, always a silver lining to the cloud, especially when you're trying to manage land uh, in a waterfowl situation like that. So eventually the water will come back, and when they do, there's a lot of ducks out there, and the ducks have been doing really well because there's been a basically uh, almost a 70-year conservation effort uh, in all of North America to make sure that nesting grounds are taken care of, and as the uh, ducks migrate along their path, that there is there are places to land, to feed, to refuel, to nest. And, and rear their young. So, bottom line is, is we, we we have a good situation. Once the water comes back, we're going to be in good shape. In the long run, the chucker population has been down. Is it mainly from the drought? Is that a big part of it? That's a huge part of it. Uh, you you know because what happens is that you get one when you have a mild winter, it helps adult birds survive the mild winter, which is good news. But once you get to the spring, uh, you know are they. You know, will there be good enough conditions to have a nice, you know, to nest and to bring off uh, a brood? Uh, fortunately for us, the rains came at the right time in May and then in June and even into early July that set up conditions for birds to reproduce. Mm-hmm. And so we've had we had a pretty good hatch. We had, it's less than last year, but it's above what we call the long-term average. So we're set up when we do get really good conditions out there, which we're all hoping for. If we can get a big winter without too much Arctic cold, uh, there are sufficient birds out there to where we could possibly be set up to really build the population. We're already off the low we were on three years ago, and we seem to be creeping up a little bit. But if we can't, if this drought continues, all bets are off on that. Yeah. Because, and then eventually... Uh, you know, the birds are, you know, if you lose too many adult birds, they don't, they're only going to live three or four years out in the wild because it's the hunters are the least of their worries for the most part. They've got hawks out there. They've got all kinds of predators. They've got just their natural life cycle, and they need to have good green up in order to build up fat reserves to, to uh, survive a winter. Now, a lot of things working against them, and when you have these really onerous long-term droughts, that can really create a challenge. Uh, how is the drought affecting big game then? Is it causing, I mean, water holes and stuff are drying up. Is it causing them to move out of areas or? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, they're changing their, their patterns. I mean, you go, our biologist flew up into northern Washoe County where there was just literally, you know, north of Gerlach, where there was so little water that they had trouble finding the antelope to count. Uh, they had trouble finding the mule deer to count. Uh, the drought, one year of drought doesn't do a lot. When you stack it up four years in a row like we have now, uh, I think the biggest thing that you see, the biggest problem you will see with mule deer and with antelope is reproduction. Uh, Yes, they're going to reproduce, but are they successful in raising these fawns to where they can survive a winter and be recruited into the population the following spring? They probably, you know, we're going to see a percentage, those percentages are going to drop because you just, if the, if the female is not in really good body condition, it makes it harder for her to even get, uh, carry that pregnancy to where they, she gives birth. And there are times if the animals are in poor shape, they will spontaneously abort and not have a, uh, a, a fawn in the ensuing spring because she needs all that energy to survive on her own. Uh, fortunately for us, again, we had those spring rains, which not every drought's the same. 
we had some we've had some wet periods within the overarching drought, which have benefited us. But it it uh, by wildlife biology is kind of a slow thing. Our guys are going to count uh, animals, uh, whether it be waterfowl, chucker, or big game in this case at certain times of the year and then compare it with past data. So eventually you will come up with a uh, with with numbers that will support, you know, tell us how many animals are out there on the on the landscape. So you can't answer the question in the you know, in a short term, it's got to be that long-term data. But the one thing we always know, if you have good condi- good wet conditions, and you're going to get good green up and you're going to get good survival. And if you have a drought that is then followed by a really harsh winter with Arctic cold, you could lose animals because yeah. they might not be in the in condition to survive that winter that they have to battle. You and I go in and throw another log on the fire. <laughs> they they don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> they have to go in and they they have to go in and they uh, uh, and they're they're looking for sagebrush in the case of mule deer and antelope. They're, they need wintering grounds mm-hmm. and they don't need. That's one of the reasons why we have to take a certain amount of animals out of the population every year because of with hunting in order to keep the numbers in correlation with the amount of wintering grounds that are available to those animals. All right, thank you, Chris Healy. Uh, again, works for the Nevada Department of Wildlife. Ton of knowledge. He knows everything there is to know about everything that's going on with the Nevada wilderness. So appreciate that interview. Uh, hopefully we'll talk to him again in the future. So now we'll go into our story time. All right, so I'll start out story time with a little interesting story from two duck seasons ago, two winters ago. Uh, some people find it to be a funny story. My friends think it's a funny story. I don't think it was very funny because I almost died, to be honest with you. So it's been a long day hunting. Me and uh, two of my buddies go jump shooting uh, in this little area we know, this little waterway we know about. And it's a slow day. We didn't see any ducks, didn't have anything jump up. The little bit of water that was out there that wasn't flowing was frozen over. So there weren't, there wasn't a lot of action going on that day. It was more of basically just drive and waste your gas type of day. And so at the end of, it's about four in the afternoon, three in the afternoon. So it's getting closer to the end of the day now. And we're on our way home. We decide to stop this little canal that my friend knows about. And so we get there. And as soon as we pull up, we see some ducks down the canal a little way. So we get out and we're sneaking up on them to go jump shooting. They jump up, boom, boom, boom. We, I drop uh, one duck and so does one of my other friends. You know, we only there's only two of them or three ducks, so two out of three. You know, we weren't too mad. Our shooting could have been better, but anyways, you know, we're going down and this canal, it has about ten foot, ten to fifteen foot uh, dirt walls coming down the side that are straight up like straight up and down very vertical and the ducks start floating down the canal and my friend that took us there that had hunted the canal before usually when he shot ducks off of there they'll land on the road they won't land into the water so they start landing in the water or they land in the water and they're floating down and we're like oh crap you know we don't have anything to retrieve these ducks right now we don't have any nets or fishing poles or anything so we start driving down the road trying to get ahead of them and i decide you know because i i hate shooting an animal and then not trying to retrieve it i like getting the meat, doing whatever, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to retrieve it, even if it is just a bird. So I decide I'm just going to strip down to my boxers and I'm going to jump in the water and I'm, I'm going to get these ducks for us. 
Well, we start going down the road and the canal, instead of having dirt and sagebrush on the sides, has cement down the sides. And it's, like I said, it's basically vertical. It's it, it's straight up and down almost. It's it's 80 degree walls. So I jump, I get down, I strip down, get into the, like, go down this safety ladder going down the side of the cement walls. And the ducks, uh, my duck was about to come up and uh, my friend's duck was 20 yards behind it. Well, mind you, you know, just duck season, so it's, it was end of December, beginning of January, so it's cold. There's ice patches and snow patches floating down this canal. It's, it's cold. So I jump in, and my body instantly <laughs> freezes up. I mean, I can't swim, which I'm not a very good swimmer in the first place. I, I can't even move. My body is shutting down, and I can't. The current isn't very fast, but it's fast enough for me to where I, I'm staying still trying to swim. Yeah. And I end up getting my duck, and I throw it up onto... Uh, up high to where my friends are and I try swimming back to the safety ladder to wait for the other duck and it's not happening I can't swim back to the safety ladder I'm I'm in that water for good and so I'm I decided you know I can't get this other duck I'm gonna try but my first priority needs to be I need to get out of this water so I'm I'm swimming trying to swim and I can't get back so I get over against the wall and I'm just floating down this water in the slow current but I'm freezing and I, I mean, my body, I'm shivering, I'm shivering. The next thing I know, I stop shivering, which, no, that's never good. That's hypothermia right there. Yeah, so I'm just going against this wall, hoping that another safety ladder is coming up. And I don't see one, and I'm freaking out. My friends are up on the road freaking out. They don't have rope in the truck, so we're we're worried. I, at this point, I think, I'm thinking my friends are going to have to tell my parents that I died in this water. I don't know what else to do. I... I tried as hard as I could trying to scale up this wall, but it's so vertical and there's algae on the bottom, so it's slippery, couldn't get a grip. And eventually, after being in the water for three to five minutes, which was the longest three to five minutes of my life, there was another safety ladder. And I was barely able to pull myself up it, got out of the truck, my body was completely red. I couldn't move, my friends had blankets wrapped around me. I, It was scary, I, I didn't get warm until probably two or three days later. I was constantly shivering after that. It was. I thought for sure I was going to die in that water. There was. <laughs> Did you get the other duck? Nope, didn't get the other duck. And that's a joke my friends still have. They'll see me and be like, oh, hey, thanks for getting my duck, by the way. <laughs> and so now now they can laugh on it, but yeah. it was a thought there. I was like, man, I'm going to die. My parents are going to have to find out that I died out hunting like this, and I know they're going to be mad at me for jumping in because I risked my life. But yeah. got one duck, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, next time somebody else's turn to jump in. Exactly, and we bring rope with us everywhere we go now. <laughs> yeah, good call. All right, my story, I'm going to call this one beginner's luck. <laughs> so I shared with you guys earlier that last season was my first uh, first season duck hunting. And I was at, at my buddy's uh, pond, and his dad was there, his older brother was there, and then his older brother's friend was there. And... They all knew it was my first duck season too, and so they were giving me little pointers and telling me like when to pull up and shoot. And you know, it was only like my third time out that season. So the morning goes good. We all get probably like four or five ducks each, and um, we were gonna stay till till the till the nighttime or the sunset shoot and uh, try and get some geese as they're coming like out of the refuge. And uh, so we're barbecuing and. Uh, back like on the levee where we camp and cook and stuff and after we eat lunch we walk back out and uh, start waiting out and we just kind of instead of going all the way out to the blind we just crash behind some uh, tule weeds 
and we were just waiting there and uh, my buddies or my buddy and his brother and his brother's friends start kind of dropping some ducks and I get like one more and then it slows down for a little bit and so uh, the brother and the brother's friend uh, decide to go back out to the blind but first they're gonna go get a get the dog so we're sitting there and I let up a stogie and we're sitting there smoking a cigar and uh, just kind of hunker down behind the behind the weeds and my my buddy, he turns to me and like, oh dude, we got we got one coming in, we got one coming in. It's a big, it's a big bird. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, do you mind if I take a shot at it this time? <laughs> yeah, go for it. So, I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. He just tells me to just go up and get him. So I do just that. I just drop two shots and got him on the second one. And uh, he just goes sailing in the weeds. And then there's a few more birds that we see like a little bit further out. So we decided to just wait to get the other bird, and we just hunker back down to get the other two birds. Well, the other two birds never ended up coming back in, and by that point, the brother and the buddy's friend uh, had already come back out, and they were they were looking through the weeds uh, outside the pond because uh, we told them that it was out there, and they were just gonna help us help us out. And uh, about ten minutes later, we're here. Holy fuck! Like Tony, did you get this? No, fuck no, that's, that's my bird. <laughs> I killed that People bird. trying to claim it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, like stop trying to take my meat, dude. Like that's, that's my dinner. <laughs> and then he keeps walking towards me, and he's still like super shocked and super stoked. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? He already killed a bunch of birds today. He doesn't need to take mine. And he's like, you killed this bird, and he's holding it up from about like 20 feet away, and I'm like. Yeah, it looks exactly like the one I shot. And he's like, are you sure? Like, you're not just saying that? Like, Why would I just say that? It's just a, just a duck. <laughs> and he's like, dude, it's banded. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Does that mean, like, I can't eat it? Does it taste bad? Is it like a, like a, like a weird coot <laughs> duck crossover? And um, he's like, you don't, you don't know what that is? No, I don't know what it is. It's like my third time duck hunting. And... So I get swore at for another like 30 seconds, like you fucking rookie, dude. <laughs> and I wait over to the to the edge of the pond and I climb out and there's like a little little band on its on its uh, leg, a little metal band, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I find out at that point that that's like a super rare thing to get. And for somebody to get it like on their third time out duck hunting. I can I can see now how it pisses people off. <laughs> yeah, but I ended up you can uh, you can go back home and, and plug in the serial number on the band, but the serial number is all kind of wore off. The bird was really old. It ended up being like 12 years old, oh. and it was banded in Anchorage. Oh wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because I've never killed a bird with a band on it. I have friends uh, really? who have hunted duck hunted their entire life, and they never have either. <laughs> like I know people who have, you know, have some friends who had, but yeah. yeah that's uh, every time me and my friends kill a bird. It's first thing we do is lift up the leg and see if there's a metal band on it. Cause yeah. you do get cool stories like that, like Anchorage, 12 years old. That's you don't, crazy. Yeah, like with birds, especially like compared to big game, it's hard to tell how old they are. So getting a backstory on something like that's really cool. Yeah, it's a cool experience for sure. Yeah. All right, so that was our story time. Hopefully, we'll be doing that each week. Come up with a different fun story to tell people. I mean, I know connecting with. Uh, it's just always fun to do with people to our listeners. So if you have any stories you want to tell or whatever, uh, 
let us know. We'll get into that in the future. Future, we'll talk about other types of hunting. We'll, duck huntings will be, I think, our, our main topic. Definitely. But, yeah, we'll talk about big game hunting. I have a lot of big game hunting experience like I talked about. Talk about just updates with stuff going on. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve. Yeah, thank you. I'm Kyle. Stay tuned for a good squirrel hunting story next week. <laughs> or fair or foul. Have a good day. Here come the ducks, hit the high baller. Shut up the dog, stare at the water. I'll say what.